0: All right, well, if you need a Bible, go ahead and raise your hand. We will make sure one gets to you. So if you need a Bible, raise your hand. All right. Um, As they're passing out Bibles, just a little reminder... Um, As we are working through this series, um, we have a ton of these little blank notebooks. And so if you would like, you can get one of these for only $2. Everyone say, ooh. All right. And so you can get these um, at checkout later if you would like. So if you want to take notes on what we're talking about, writing down your questions, all that, if you want to use it for, you know, journaling, whatever, um, these are available for you. So. Only $2. All right, so what were some of the things that we talked about last week? So let's do just a quick review. What did we talk about last week? Let's just start off with what question did we look at? What did we talk about? What was the topic last week? Anybody remember, you can look in your notebooks if you took notes as well. What was the topic? Yeah, Aiden? All right, and he wasn't even here present last week, and he knew that. Love it, awesome. All right, gold star. All right, good. So last week we talked about, is the Bible trustworthy, or can we trust the Bible? And so just a little bit of a recap, Um, we defined what theology is, and theology is the study of God, or in other words, what you believe about God. We looked at five reasons why we can trust the Bible, and those are all on the screen, And then, as well as some application points and how Scripture is authoritative and true, it's alive and active, it's forever, it's worthy of delight, and Scripture is to be lived out. And so, another reminder, if you miss TNT on any given week, or um, you want to listen back through the lesson to, you know, retake notes or whatever... Um, we record our lessons and post them on our church podcast. So if you follow Fellowship Church on any of our podcast platforms, just look up TNT and you can listen to all the lessons. So if you miss TNT on a week or you want to go back and just listen to my voice again during the week, you can do that at your own leisure. So again, that's just another great resource to you as well. Or if you have friends that maybe are asking some of these questions and they're not here with us, maybe you can send them Um, the podcast, and they can listen. So, okay, um, just wanted to let you know that. So tonight, we're going to look at just just a simple, little, easy question. The question that we're going to address tonight is, who is God? So, you know, just a simple little question that we're just going to work through tonight. No big deal. The question that we're going to look at tonight is, who is God? And because this is such... A deep, big question, there's so much that we could talk about, we're actually going to split this up into two weeks, okay? So this week is kind of a part one of this question of who is God? And so this question is important for us to understand because what we and who we understand God to be is going to determine a lot about how we live our lives and what we think about God influences how we live, what we think all of that. So I'm just going to get the ball rolling here. If someone were to ask you, well, who is God? How would you answer that question? Again, like, let's just get the conversation rolling here. How would you answer that question of who is God? Jason, all right, let's go. Coming out of the gate, what you got? Okay. Okay. All right, very good. And I'm feeling generous today, so I have some little Reese's cups to say thanks. All right, what else? How would you answer the question, who is God? Now all of a sudden everyone's real interested, right? <laughs> okay. How would you answer the question, who is God? And I want like a real answer, like, you know, so I have the I reserve the right to not give you one of these if I'm not really pleased with your answer. If you're like, "I don't know," then you're not getting one, all right? All right. What you got? Creator, all right, I like this. And if you get hit with one of these, don't sue me. Okay, yeah. Okay, creator, and maybe we follow his authority. All right, very good. What else, snake? Okay, he's like outside of time. Are you saying God is Loki? Is that what you're saying? No, I'm just kidding. All right, no, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Yeah, I watch Marvel shows. I'm not. Okay. Julio, what, what do you think? Who is God? Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. God is the start of everything, essentially, right? The beginning of the story. All right, very good. Peyton. Guess what we're going to talk about tonight. You're getting ahead of me. All right. Kira, who is God? Nice and loud. Okay, he's the author of life. Okay, here we go. Oh, that's pretty good. Okay, let's do a couple more. Cameron. Father of everyone. Okay, Ben. I saw you. I saw you. Okay, here you go, Ben. I believe you. I believe you. Ben, I believe you. All right. Yeah, I All right. Last one. Who is God? Our hope and our savior. All right. I like it. Okay. Good. All right. So, Many people have all kinds of views on who God is. And so, whether or not you think this, maybe others that you know of, a lot of people tend to think God is like one of these kinds of characters. Maybe you believe or you have friends that believe that God is basically like a Santa Claus, that your relationship with God is determined by your behavior, right? You know, Santa Claus, if you are really good, you get gifts, and if you're bad, you get coal, right? Well, how often do people think that about God? Well, a lot of people might think or believe that God is this dictator, that he's just pointing his finger at us, making commands, you know, oh, God is just so angry at all of us all the time. And, you know, some people even would say that, you know, well, God is just this, like, puppet master and we're all just puppets and or we're robots and he's just controlling us and he's just you know enjoying watching us run around going how do we figure out life you know like is that really who God is and there's probably other examples but those are just a few that came to mind and there also are a lot of people that even try to fit God in a box to make the most sense of God But when we try to fit God in this box, inevitably it will limit our understanding of him. And so we try to understand God, and sometimes we can put God in a box, and when we try to do that, it actually can do a lot more harm than good. And so since last week we talked about how the Bible can be trusted and how the Bible is inspired or God-breathed, if we believe that, if you believe that the Bible is God's Word, then naturally, if we want to answer the question of who is God, then we've got to go to God's Word, right? And so you see how even this question is important in light of what we talked about last week. And so tonight, we're going to briefly look at four truths about God Himself, and so in order to start this conversation, we need to start in the beginning, and I'm actually being serious. Turn to Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. So open your Bible, select one of the very first pages, Genesis chapter 1. And so as you turn there, I want to just preface our study tonight for you. So we are not going to be able to cover everything that we could because this is a question that people have been studying for a long, long time, and so I'm not going to pretend to answer this question in like, you know, 30, 40 minutes tonight, okay? So, yeah, hold your you have a question. Oh, okay, awesome, I'm going to get there in a second, but thank you. Um, so I want that to be known. What we're going to talk about tonight is, is pretty deep, and I'm probably going to challenge your thinking And I'm not doing that to confuse you, but actually I believe that you guys are way, way smarter than you think. And so I want to help you understand because this is what the Bible talks about, and so we are going to talk about it. And some of what we will talk about tonight may not fully make sense because some of what we will address still boggles my mind. So I want that to be known is, in case you were wondering... I don't know everything because I'm not God. So there will be things that we talk about that are even still over my head because I'm still learning and growing, okay? So we're going to try to accomplish a lot of things tonight, and I hope you can stay with me, but I hope you'll be able to get you know, excited and curious about what the Bible says about who God is. All right, so let's start in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. Julio, could you read that for us, please? Nice and loud. All right, thank you. So this is the very beginning of Scripture. All right, so let's look at this verse. What does this verse tell us about who God is? So starting right here, who is God, Jocelyn? A creator. All right, very good. Oops, sorry, Gabby. All right, he's our creator. Okay, anything else that you see here about who is God? God, Luna? He was before the beginning. Very good, like it. All right, so there's two big, important aspects here in this verse. So, number one, God existed in the beginning. So before the world and anything came to be, God existed. Because Genesis 1 says, in the beginning, God. That's how it starts. In the beginning, God. And so God existed. Nobody made God. He just is, always has been, and always will be. And Revelation chapter 1 says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. And so in the beginning, God, God existed before everything and anyone. And I know that might be hard for us to understand because we think, okay, well, there has to be a beginning and then a beginning, and then a beginning, but in the beginning, God. That's, that's the story. And maybe some of you are already thinking, okay, well, but like, how do you know this? Were you there? No. But again, we have to consider what we talked about last week. Because if you believe the Bible is trustworthy, and then this is what the Bible says, then I'm going to believe it. If you believe the Bible is trustworthy, and it says, in the beginning, God, then he has existed. I believe that. And then it goes on to say, we mentioned that God is the creator of all things. God created everything, meaning there's nothing that God has not created. Light, oxygen, cells, water, plants of every kind, a diverse array of Of animals. Yes, God made the platypus. Everything with form and purpose. And then He took some extra special care and investment to create humanity. You and I different from everything else. And so, in the beginning, everything and everyone was created by God. And so, creation, what we see around us, is important in helping us understand who. God is. Because listen to what Romans 1 says. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made. And so right here is a verse that we would use to understand the idea of general revelation. Meaning, how does God reveal himself to us? How do we know who God is? Well, first... We start with his creation. God reveals himself through what he has created. And so if you've ever taken time to really look at the sunrise, if you've ever taken time to study how the earth is in order, if you've ever really tried to understand the complexity of how plants grow and are formed, right? Like the more we study creation and look at some of these things, we can't help but wonder... Man, is is there someone behind all this? Is there someone behind all this? And the Bible says, yes. And because God is the creator of all things, that means that God sustains all things and has power. So God didn't just create everything and go, see you later. God created and he sustains. He's active. He's active. Above all. And so a couple verses, John 3, he who comes from above is above all. If you remember our Colossians study, he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And so if you've ever heard this word in church, sovereign, or if you've ever heard the phrase, God is sovereign, this is what this means. For God to be sovereign, it means he rules over all, he has authority in him, all things are held together. He is above all. He knows everything completely before it comes to be. And so nothing happens outside of God's knowledge and will because he has power and authority over all things in heaven and on earth. And so I don't know about you, but it gives me some peace to know that God not only has created, but He sustained. He holds everything together. And so the first truth about who God is is this. God is the beginning of all things, and all things were made and sustained by him. God is the creator. He existed before anything and everything. And how do I know that? Because the Bible is trustworthy, and that's what it says, and so I believe it. I wasn't there, but I believe it. So God is the creator, and everything is sustained by him. He holds it all together. God is the beginning of all. Okay. All right, so now you're in Genesis 1. Go towards the back of the Bible, and we're going to look at John chapter 4. Not first John, second John, just John chapter 4. So open your Bible halfway through. Keep going until you see Matthew, Mark, Luke, and then John. John chapter 4. And if you need help finding that, find a friend near you, ask a leader. We'll make sure you get that. Write this down if you want. John chapter 4. I'll have it on the screen here in a second, but I want you guys to actually open it, find it, get familiar flipping through the pages. And would someone be willing to read John chapter 4, verse 24? So just one verse. Brandon? Thanks, buddy. Okay. All right. You guys can keep turning there if you need to. I have it on the screen here as well. So what does this verse teach us about who God is? Okay. Okay. Wow. You know what? I really tossed that one up there for you. Okay. God is spirit, and so this could be a whole deeper conversation, but what does that mean? God is not like us. God is God, and so yes, we, each and every one of you, are made in the image of God, meaning we reflect God, we are image bearers, but we are not God. We reflect aspects of who God is, but to be an image bearer of God doesn't mean that you or I am God. And so that's why, this is a different conversation, but that's why there's a difference between being made in the image of God and being a child of God. And so while we are made in the image of God, we reflect aspects and pieces of our Creator We ourselves are not God. And so if you think about somebody, think about the kindest, nicest person you know in your life, them on their best day is still only just a mere fraction, a mere reflection of how kind and gracious and loving God is. Us on our best day are still just a little reflection of who God is is and that's why john 4 says god is spirit because god is not confined to a body or the conditions of this world he's not limited by space and time the way we are god can be everywhere at any time and that's what we would say omnipresent he is invisible unseen he is all-powerful he's omnipotent he sees and knows all he's omniscient and his understanding and knowledge are so vast and wide, it is beyond what we could ever even consider in our own minds. And so all that to say, God is God and we're not. He's God and we are not. And yes, you could get into some deep theology and, and you know, people have been debating and studying this for years. But you know what? That's the reality. God is God and we are not God. Yes, we are made in the image of God. But that doesn't mean we are God. Because God is not like anything we have ever known. He is higher than every aspect of his creation in every way possible. And so the second truth that we learn about who God is, is this. God is not like us. Because he is God. He is God. He is unlike us. Because he's the creator, he's the sustainer, he's above all, he's God. Now you can flip back a couple pages to Matthew chapter 28, okay? You might recognize this passage from last semester. We talk about discipleship. Matthew chapter 28, and we're going to look at verse 19. Matthew 28, verse 19. All right, and would someone... Care to read that for anybody, man, Jason. All right, whenever you're ready, all right. So, I bet you can begin to wonder what question I'm going to ask next is what does this verse teach us about who God is? Yeah. Okay. All right, I'll give that one to you. All right, very good. Okay, anything else? What does this verse teach us about who God is, Brownen? Okay? All right. You you give somebody else. Jocelyn? Okay, right? Okay. We got one. I got a whole bunch. Okay. Anything else, Ben? Okay, right? He gathers people and he brings them to himself. All right, good. And so, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and if you've been around church for a while, or maybe you have no idea what we're talking about, well, maybe you have heard of this super spiritual word called the Trinity. Everyone say, the Trinity. Say it in like a very, you know, like, the Trinity. Pretend you have a long beard. The Trinity. All right? So what does that mean, right? If you want to like, look really smart for your friends, like, yeah, well, you know what? I believe in the Trinity. Right? What does that mean? God is triune. Okay? And this is when we're going to get real deep. So I need you to really focus in and, and listen to this. Okay? God is triune. And this right here is one of many verses that help us understand the doctrine or the belief and understanding of the Trinity. Okay? And so this word Trinity, like the exact word Trinity, the word itself, Doesn't actually appear in the Bible. However, the teachings of the Trinity fill the pages of Scripture. So if you try to find the word exact Trinity, you're probably not going to find it. However, the teachings of the Trinity are all through the pages of Scripture. And, And you know, and I wish I could just eloquently and explain the mysteries of the Trinity. But that's going to be really, really difficult because remember the whole we're not God thing we talked about earlier? Well, remember that as we talk about this. And, you know, maybe you've heard of different ways of people trying to describe or define the Trinity. Maybe you've heard of illustrations of the Trinity being like water, ice, and steam, or God being like a three-leaf clover, or parts of an egg, you know, yolk and shell and all that kind of stuff. There's a lot of different examples out there but I find that those examples and illustrations can honestly do more harm than good. And so in fact, I'll actually I have some handouts um, that I'll give out to your small group leaders that will kind of give you some more kind of information and understanding about some of these illustrations that maybe you've heard of. And so as I'm thinking about it, um, small group leaders at the end, make sure one of you from your group comes up and grabs some papers for your group, okay? And so I won't talk too much about that, but hopefully that'll be a good resource for you. And so just because the Trinity is confusing, that doesn't mean it becomes a liability. Or one of those things that when you're talking to somebody about God, they go, so what is the Trinity? You go, they pulled the Trinity card, right? Oh, you got me, right? That's not something that we need to be like, really, really worried about. Because the Trinity, Father, Son, and Spirit, actually sets what the Bible teaches apart from many other of the world religions. And it clarifies our understanding of God's character and his unity. And so the Trinity doesn't mean that God is three gods, but rather he is three persons one God. And that's why Matthew 28, it says baptizing in the name. The name, singular, meaning three persons, one God, in the name. And so the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are each distinct and eternal, yet united in nature. And so they don't exist apart from each other. It's not like the Father and the Son are like what happened to the Spirit? He just, he's gone. Like, that, that's not how that works. Because each person of the Trinity is distinct. Meaning, God the Father is not Jesus, Jesus is not the Holy Spirit, and so on and so forth. And so within the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, there is perfect unity, one God. And so He has revealed to us through His Word, which is trustworthy and true, that he is one God in essence, but distinct in three persons. So distinct meaning specific, in roles, in actions, distinct perfect persons in a perfect relationship. And so if you were here on Sunday, Pastor Carl actually used this diagram uh, in his sermon to kind of help illustrate this a little better. I think there's a picture. Yeah, so you can have that for there. And so within himself, God is perfectly one with himself, God is one in purpose, not three different purposes. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, they don't have three different purposes. They're not all trying to like, well, hey, it's my turn to do the purpose. Well, it's my turn to do the purpose, right? The Trinity is not three heads to a dragon, all kind of like being angry at each other. I want to do this today. I want to do this. No, that's not how that works. The Trinity is united in their nature. And so within himself. God is perfectly one. One in love, one in characteristics, one in purpose, one in perfection. And so they are each distinct and eternal, but they are one in their nature in unity. And you might be thinking, well, can you like really, really make this simpler? And really, can you know, like really dumb it down for me? That's what the Bible teaches, so I'm sticking with that. <laughs> because what, the more we try to make this even simpler that's when it can get dicey, because God is not simple. He's God, and that's part of this conversation. And so this can be a challenging concept, and honestly, there's a lot about God that is going to be a mystery and above our comprehension, because if we knew everything about God, then I'd be kind of nervous, because then why do we need God, right? And so, as a side note, if you didn't hear Pastor Carl's sermon from Sunday morning, I highly encourage you go back and listen to that. He talks more about the Trinity. So I'll let you listen to more of that because we could be here for a number of weeks. So go back and listen to that. Again, you can find them on our podcast. All right, so the third truth here is God is triune. And you can even put in parentheses, Trinity. I don't know why I say it in a deep voice. That's just how I feel like it needs to be said, Trinity. So God is triune. Here in a moment, we'll look at our last passage of the night. All right. The last passage we're going to look at tonight is towards the beginning of the Bible in Leviticus. I bet most of your Bibles have never opened to those pages before. Here we go. Leviticus. You can look in the table of contents in the beginning and find Leviticus. Leviticus. Chapter 19. It's probably one of those books that you're like, yeah, Genesis, Exodus, pass. (laughs) But remember, all of God's word is true. Therefore, we read it. All right, so we're going to look at verses 1 and 2. And would someone like to read those? And you can say, I read Leviticus out loud tonight. (laughs) All right, anybody? Yeah, go for it. Nice and loud. Awesome, thank you. And you should know what question is coming up next. What does this verse teach us about who God is? All right, we'll see somebody else. Gabby. Okay, he's with his people. Good, all right. What else? Anybody else? Daniel. Nice and loud from the back. God is holy. Give it up for Daniel. Man, that was awesome. Oops, sorry, that was a little low. God is holy holy. And that might be a word you've heard in church, and maybe you're like, yeah, we hear it all the time, but I don't really know what that means. Well, the word holy, it's not just like, you know, you have holes in your jeans. Holy means sacred, set apart. And so for God to be holy means that he is different than us. God is set apart without sin. And so this word holy is truly holy only applicable to God because he is sacred and set apart from every other created being. Why? Because he is the creator. He is set apart. There is no one holy like our God, and there is no one like him. And so if you come to our church on Sunday mornings and you were here for our Christmas series, we talked a lot about how God is light, and so, for God to be light reflects his holiness. And 1 John 1 says, This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you God is light, and there is absolutely no darkness in him. And so, to understand who God is, we need to understand that he is holy. A.W. Tozer, I think he's got a long beard. He must be really smart. He says this Holy is the way God is, he is that standard. He is holy with an infinite, incomprehensible fullness of purity that is incapable of being other than it is. Holy is the way God is. That's who he is. He is the standard. And so God is holy in his actions. He's holy in his essence. Everything that he does is holy, without sin set apart. So that's the fourth truth that we're going to look at tonight is God is holy. That's number four. God is holy. He's set apart. He's without sin. So to understand who he is, you have to talk about holiness. He's set apart. And so I want to read you one quote that I think really summarizes it really well. And I'll have it on the screen here. And it says this. Just kind of, as I read through it, try to comprehend this a little bit. God is sovereign over all. Nothing is outside of his direction. Moment by moment, he gives us our next breath, instructs the sun to continue to shine, and cares for for creatures that humanity hasn't even discovered yet. He is directing all of creation toward an end that He has designed. And in His kind providence, this end is for our good. He is meticulous in His care. Nothing catches Him by surprise. He is in a class of His own, worthy of all worship. He is infinitely holy, right, and good. This is our comfort. God is not like humanity, broken by sin. He is perfectly good and right and working on our behalf. And His thoughts are not our thoughts, and His ways are not. Are not our ways. He can be trusted. He is near. He is good. And He is holy. That is who our God is. So you might think, well, we just come here on Thursday nights and we just kind of like read some Bible verses and we sing about God and we talk about God. But don't ever, ever forget about who God is. When you take time to really study who God is, your mind will be blown away. I've been studying and learning about God for a long time, and daily I am still mesmerized by who he is and how he desires to have a relationship with us, and how he desires to have a relationship with you. And so I know I just like threw a ton at you And I would encourage you to read through some of these passages and dig into them a little bit more. And so, again, while we are not God, we want to do everything that we can to help provide some clarity to those questions. So I would encourage you, maybe even after we post this online, maybe re-listen to this a little bit and dig in together. And so we're going to give you time in small groups to kind of help process this, because I know I just threw in like a ton of stuff at you but I want you to think about this because this is important because who you believe God is is vital to how you view your relationship with him to be. And you might not think, well, this isn't really practical for me. This doesn't really make sense. This is way too deep. I promise you, how you answer the question, who God is, is going to determine a lot in your life. And so I want you to really think about that. Who is God? God. And so there's a lot more that we could talk about. But what do we do with all this? And so I want to just leave you with this one big truth. I call it take-home truth. Take it home with you. Here it is. Because God is creator, sustainer, unlike us, triune, and holy, we should trust and follow him. If you believe the Bible is trustworthy and true and the Bible says all of this about who God is, I'm just going to echo what the scriptures would say why don't you trust and follow him? If you believe the Bible is God's word, and God's word says all of this about who God is, how can you not trust and follow him? I want you to think about that as you head into small groups here in a moment. So tonight we looked at who God is, and next week we're gonna talk more about God's character and how he works. So tonight was more of like, who is God in his essence? And next week, we're going to look more at his character, how he's described, and learn more about who God is, okay? And if you have questions, please talk to us. Again, we don't have all the answers. We're not pretending to have all the answers, but we want you to know that your questions have a place, and we want that place to be here. So come talk to us. We're here to help you in any way that we can, okay? Okay? All right, so let me pray for you. God, thank you so much that you're holy and creator and sustainer, that you are perfect. And God, I pray that tonight through your word, even beginning to look into it, that each and every one of us would have a deeper understanding of who you are. And as we learn more about who you are, help us to respond by just saying, I will trust and follow you. God, help us to be in awe of who you are. You are creator, sustainer. You are holy and set apart. You are above all and you hold all things together. And God, help us to just have our minds blown away about who you are. And may our response be to worship you with our entire lives. In your name we pray.